Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Just before we jump into the episode this week, I wanted to share a little bit about the Thrive community that I run. It's a place where many like-minded women go to connect and share their experience with getting and staying successfully sober. There are different sections like the main Thrive community feed where people post about things that are up and coming or about challenges they're facing and they get incredible support from other members of the group. It really is a special, special place to be right now. There are also sections to share your milestones because every win, even the really small ones, are a big thing to celebrate and we acknowledge that. There are five events, there are the weekly Zoom recordings, so you can go back and see all the weekly Zoom meetings and all the topics that have been covered in those meetings at your own leisure. There's a share sober tips section, and then there are group chats for the first 30 days, the first 100 days, the first year, and over a year. There's a knowledge hub as well, and in the knowledge hub you'll find a place for books and book recommendations. There's a section of how to survive the first 30 days. So if you come in completely brand new to getting sober, you can hit the ground running and find tools and information to get a structure set up for yourself from the outset. There's also my Thrive Sober program. There's a toolkit. There's understanding the brain science and a space to read and learn about all the topics under emotional sobriety, most of which have been written by myself. So come into Thrive. If you're thinking about it or you're lacking community, I would say just jump in and go for it. And maybe we'll see you in there soon. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I'm talking to Mike from Colchester um, in Essex and he's been sober for four and a half years, just a few months ahead of me. Mike, thank you so much for making time for me today. It's great to catch up with you. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's absolute pleasure. Um, I was just saying to you before we clicked record, I always get really excited when a guy comes on the show because <laughs> I just I just think it's nice. I know that a lot of men listen to the podcast and some of them have said it's been, you know, life changing, it's been really helpful for them. So um it always feels a bit a little bit more special when I get a male voice on the show. Uh so thank you for that. No um, problem. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you just give us a bit of an intro, tell us a bit about yourself so we can get to know you. Yeah, no worries. Um, so I'm, I'm Mike, obviously, um, 39 now, so coming up to 40 next year, big 4-0. Um, live in Essex, Colchester in Essex, I've uh, been there my whole life. Um, I have uh, a lovely family at home, I've got a wife and, and two kids, um, the oldest one's coming up to six soon and, and the youngest one's coming up to three. Um, me and my wife have been together for 
just over 20 years now. She'll probably kill me for saying uh, exactly the date, but <laughs> um, yeah, we we met um, just after just after school and, and sort of been together ever since, which has been which has been great. <laughs> Oh, um, yes, you've been yeah. you were 19. Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's good going, isn't it? 20 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, oh, what do you do? Like, what sort of things are you into? Um, so outdoorsy stuff, really. Um, now that I've sort of given up the alcohol, it's, it's more um, sort of cycling, trying to go for walks, obviously having time with the kids. Um, don't mind a bit of golf. Used to love football. Still love watching football. Um, yeah, that, that's that's sort of it, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's nice. though, yeah, love a, I love a bit of garden. Love a bit of gardening. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, a, definitely. A, well, I've been a allotment holder for for a few years now as well. So that's a, a nice little quiet space for myself. Um, yeah. away away from everything, which is which is lovely. Oh, nice! And what do you do? You grow uh, vegetables and things. Yeah, veg, veg and fruit. There was um, quite a bit of fruit on the plot when we got it. So strawberries, raspberries, rhubarb, that sort of stuff. And yeah, growing the potatoes and onions. And yeah, it's great. It's oh, nice. It's so rewarding, isn't it? It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a massive space, but it, it's really nice to get there. Um, generally, wake up quite quite early. So I'm down before um, before anyone gets down there when the sun rises. It's, it's lovely. It really is. God, it sounds gorgeous. And probably something that's really nice. Do you do it with your kids? Are they in, interested or are they? Yeah, good? yeah. No, the, the oldest one is quite um, quite keen and uh, does come and help me out. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Oh, that's nice. So take me back. Describe what your life was like with alcohol. Yeah, no worries. Um, so from a kid, I guess, in my family, um, there wasn't so much um, booze about. It was really sort of special occasions, um, Christmases, birthdays. It, it wasn't a, an everyday account um, growing up, which is obviously quite nice. Um, there was there was a big sort of drinks, drinks cabinet, um, which was a bit of a me and my sister sort of dipped in there a few times and go, oh, what's that? It looks quite interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of other than that, it, it was it was quite a, um, a relaxed upbringing in that, in that sense. Um, sort of going on from there, I suppose, going into to secondary school, you're sort of trying all sorts of stuff, I, I guess, um, testing the boundaries with, with parties, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember being about, I don't know, 11, 12, going to the school, party and a few kids having a bit too much to drink um I was quite sporty and didn't really think about drink too much so sort of steer cleared of it but just looking at the guys some of the guys on the floor just completely passed out and you think is that really fun um it, it seemed to be the elixir of life it used to be something that everyone did because it was I suppose fun to do it made you act a bit silly talk to the girls that sort of thing you know mm. um and I suppose that that sort of in, enticed me a little bit into um into trying a bit more later on sort of 14 15 um but being that my mum and dad were quite sensible they they sort of said if you do want to do that we'll give you some beers but it'll be 
and like a Bud Light or something like that. Um, they gave me four at one of the parties and said, "Don't don't go anything, you know, don't do anything else. You've got your amount. That's enough." Mm-hmm. Um, and I was quite sensible. I sort of took that on board and and um, yeah, didn't didn't do anything overly excessive at that point. I always remember waking up the next day um, playing football and and having a massive headache and thinking, "Wow, what's all that about? <laughs> that is just just mm-hmm. crazy." Why do people do it? Um, but sort of going on from there, I guess, um, trying a bit more, perhaps going to college, trying a bit more um, sort of pub lunches with with the lads from college, uh, being about sort of 17. Um, again, I suppose testing the boundaries a little bit, seeing what, what alcohol did and, and what it what it um what it does to people um I quite enjoyed it at that time and it was it was really good to to have a bit of a social thing going on um after college having a few pints um I guess that then turned into going to the clubs and stuff like that um and then probably looking at that stage of of my life um I'm a July baby, so I'm, I'm a little bit behind some of the kids that, that were turning 18 and probably a little bit baby-faced at the time, so I wasn't getting into some of the clubs. So I think when I was 18, I thought, do you know what? I want to go crazy. I wanna, I'm just going to go absolutely crazy. I'm now illegal, and I can go and drink. So it used to be um, Friday night, Saturday night, it's just you know having a good time. Um, but really, looking back at that, it was I didn't know when to stop. It was a... Uh, it was, um, you know, being sick, blacking out, just looking back at the next day going, what what happened last night? And it was that sort of went a little bit when, when I went, met my wife and um, it sort of then turned into a bit of daytime drinking um, Saturdays and Sundays, I guess, because um, that's when I started work. Um, so... Yeah, it then it then went into sort of a, a bit of a binge drink at, at weekends um, to to sort of relax from um, from work. Yeah. Um, yeah, sort of going on from there, I suppose it just it, that's really continued for uh, sort of I don't know, a good ten years. Mm. Um, it's only really, I suppose, recently. Obviously, been four and a half years now um, without without drink. Um, it must have been about six years ago, just before we had our first child, that I looked at my, my life and thought, I've got to be more mindful. This is not doing me any favours. I was waking up on a Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday just feeling rubbish. And Friday come along, I feel really good. And then do the same again. And it's that circle of, of um, yeah, a bit of a weird weird circle, really, or a bit cycle, mm-hmm. I suppose it is. Yeah. Um, that yeah, it just made you feel rubbish, and you think, "What?" Well, it just didn't make sense. Um, so yeah, then I, I sort of got a bit more mindful, trying to relax from work a bit more, trying to do different things. Uh, work can be quite stressful. What I do um, as a as a building site manager, um, so there's a lot of things going on in the day. So at, at night time, you just want to try and chill out as much. And I suppose I use booze for that as well, mm. um, but. Yeah, then went on to sort of meditation and and looking at how my brain worked a bit, I guess, and um, that I suppose went on to um, 
self-help type books, um, going through those and, and then your mindset completely changes. You sort of, you, you're looking at your life in a different way. Um, and then there's, there's no real going back after you've, you've listened to those or I listened to a lot of audible books because, um, one of the jobs that I had was, uh, was an hour and a half away. So I was going through quite a few audible books, which is really cool. Um, made the best use of my driving time when I was driving to work. So that was, was quite good. And what, what sorts of things were you um, kind of delving into? What kinds of books were you listening? Um, weirdly, it first started off as um, I got recommended an Eckhart Tolle um, book, The Power of Now. And I, I look back at that as a bit of a Bible now. It's, mm. um, it's a real good guide to how how you can live a life, I think, in the now, in the present moment. And, um, and then I suppose that is a, a bit of a spiritual side, and I suppose it went down to different paths. Um, you get your recommendations through Audible, so it comes through with different books. And I think the next one was, was Russell Brand's Recovery, mm. um, which, again, was a really good book. Uh, it goes through the, the 12 steps of AA, which... I wasn't quite keen on really. It was a bit, um, I don't know, a little bit too perhaps regimented at the time that I was looking into it. And um, I wasn't overly thinking that oh, I'm an alcoholic really. I just mm-hmm. thought maybe I just did a bit too much at the weekends and yeah. Um, and then uh, after that was Annie Grace's um, This Naked Mind, which was probably the best game changing book that I read at the time and and recommend now really um she completely changed uh, my mindset on why you would drink and what it does to you yeah um but yeah like loads of others really it was it was quite a good period of my life um there was william porter's um book and i can't remember there's a there was a few others um mm. it was alan carr alan carr's book mm. um that was really good. And then after that, it was really just podcasts, I guess. Look at, listen to podcasts. Obviously, yourself come along, uh, Sober Dave. Um, yeah, over the influence. There's been some, some recent ones which have um, really gone to the next level for me. Um, uh, yeah, which, it, yeah, over the influence, there was a guy called Andy Ramage that went on there. Um, I'm sure you've heard of him and his. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Matt Pink and Crystal have, have uh, gone uh, got this app called Dry, and it, it's it's a again it's a game changer. It's a massive community of like-minded people, and I think you got yourself. Um, is it Thrive? Yeah. Um, it's yeah, a similar sort of thing, I guess. And yeah, it's it yeah, it's it, one thing snowballs into another, doesn't it? And it does yeah. yeah. I think like you say, like when you open that door a little bit like first of all it's almost like when you were talking I always call that the ferris wheel when you're just going round and round and round and yeah and you and a lot a lot of the time you do it just because everyone's doing it and, and you don't really question it you just get used to running below you know par do you know what I mean you just kind of like you're just living suboptimally you just get used to that and I find that quite crazy like I think I literally spent 10 years running at 70% and just being, yeah. and just being okay with that 
and not, yeah. like not managing to connect the dots that my drinking um, was just creating this lethargy and this fatigue and or maybe you know was causing some of the problems or the anxiety that I was feeling from time to time um and a bit yeah a bit like you I think I I do think I started to question you know what 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 is all this really about (laughs) do I mean like what am I doing like is this it is this all that life has to offer you know drinking five nights a week and and then kind of recovering and just sort of like jamming in some stuff in the middle but not really loving that stuff in the middle because you're always a little bit tired or focused on when you can get when can I have my first glass of wine so it doesn't look you know look yeah whatever and it takes up so much space in your head um and you know I was like you I did read some I did read some really really good life-changing books like Celestine Prophecy that was a really big book when it came out and and just all these sorts of books that made you you know made you more aware of what was going on in your mind and that was really eye-opening at the time um and I do think that you can read a book and it can completely change your life you know like it can change your perspective and can just shift to a different place it's 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 amazing really um but yeah. for you, what what happened? Like, when what happened on the day when you just you said, right, that's it. I'm, you know, did you kind of start reading the books and then decide to stop, or did you just did you stop and then, you well, know, what did that looked like. I think it it was a, a long period, um, and I try and explain that to people in in um, the groups that I'm in. Um, it was a, a real drinking. Uh, sorry, heavy period of drinking over a, a Christmas period. And um, I had some health problems after that. Um, so I don't want to go into too much detail, but um, got checked out by the doctors. And basically there was nothing wrong, but I thought there was. And yeah. at that point, I, I had put my mind that there was probably the alcohol. And it was a, basically just a good week's worth of being drunk. Um which looking back was, which was which was crazy, but there you go, as as we do. Um, and it was over Christmas, so you think, what the hell? Um, yeah. So you let your hair down and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think from there on, that's when my mind mindset changed, and I then started going, well, actually, what can I do to change it? I then did a dry Jan uh, two thousand seventeen. Mm. Um, struggled a little bit, must admit. And I think I did complete it. Um, they had a great app where you can log the days um, that you you don't drink and the days that you do. I can't remember exactly. I might have had a couple of days that I drank. Um, afterwards, I was like, that wasn't great. I'm going to drink again. Mm. Um, we then had our, our first child come along and I thought, you know what, I need to, to do something about this. Um, just to be a bit more present and mindful for, for the new kid. Mm. Um and it was 2018. I did a long stint uh, from Jan to March. So the dry Jan again, which was a really good help, uh, a great starting point for me. If anyone is starting out, that is definitely a, a way to go. Uh, they do it throughout the, the year as well. It's not just um, dry Jan. Um, yeah, it got to, to March. I had a, a friend stag do in Budapest, and I thought, you know, I can't go the whole weekend with all these guys drinking and, and I'm not. Um, 
but weirdly, the second night, one of the guys wasn't drinking, and I didn't know. I found out the next day, and he, he said, yeah, I've, I've had a few health problems. I'm not, not drinking too much. And I thought, do you know what? Why didn't I just not drink? Yeah. It was so annoying. Um, so so after that, I, I sort of dipped in and out of um, drinking a bit and just didn't really like it. Just thought, what am I doing? doesn't really – the taste ain't great. It's not doing me any favours. Sleep wasn't overly great with drinking – especially with the young kid. And yeah. then um, basically from 2019, um, it was New Year's Eve, obviously the night before, and, and I just, I think I had one beer and probably a toast of, you know, celebratory carver or whatever it was and, and thought, that's it, don't, don't need this anymore. Um, so from there on, basically. Um, wow. Yeah, that's it was so a long, cool. it wasn't just a, a wake up in the morning, right, that's it, yeah. I'm changing. Yeah. It was a long period. Yes. I, I try and explain that to people. People think you can just change um, yeah. just like that, but it's obviously, it's obviously, yeah, a long period. Yeah, it takes a bit of time. I, I agree with that completely. I think it was, was I, I think I was sober curious on and off for a long time, had a few stints of sobriety, kept telling myself I could moderate you know and then yeah. and then got you know got to got to the point where I think it was another few times where I hadn't managed to moderate like I had convinced myself that I could and it was you know one yeah. night was the wake-up call and I just thought oh I just this I can't do it anymore <laughs> do you know what I mean just like it's almost like I resigned myself to the fact like that's it I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I always feel so grateful for that. You know, I always feel so yeah, grateful definitely. that I'm in, I'm in this place now, and that I, ha- that I had all of those experiences and all, all of the kind of the dark, the darker bits as well. Because I do think that they're all kind of like little cuts, aren't they? It's like death by a thousand cuts. They're all yeah. like the cuts, and then eventually you, you do get there. Um, exactly yeah and so what was it like when you did um I mean it's quite interesting your story because when you were talking about your growing up and things um I, I wrote down it was almost like you were trying to convince yourself to get into drinking in the first place like it never really it wasn't yeah. the story's not like I had a drink at 12 and it was that was it you know it, you know yeah. bang that was amazing or socially yeah. I'd stopped being awkward and it was it was always like you just couldn't see the value in it for a long time but yeah. that, that kind of college time when you're obviously your friends are really important at that period yeah. in that period of your life you just kind of went with it and and then yeah. I think you can I think you can just you can get into things that you put enough energy into um because a, yeah, lot, you're right. of us, a lot of us start off drinking and not liking it like we all uh, as teenagers you know don't love no one loves the taste of booze it's it's, yeah. it's horrible but yeah. you just over time you just get really good at Get acquiring that taste for it I suppose but yeah so for you it was always yeah. like maybe was it a bit like when you made that decision to stop and you just thought right I, I this is it now was there a relief in that you were like oh it, you know I'm glad it's it's going or, I think so yeah. yeah I think so yeah you're right because um I used to like driving to the clubs because then I knew I wasn't going to drink and I knew I wasn't going to feel I used to feel really anxious and a bit um 
bit sick, really. Yeah. Um, I think because I was sick with drink and, yeah. and had bad hangovers. But if I drive, and this was probably when I was 18, 19, I just randomly drive sometimes. Yeah. Um, there was no anxiety. I just felt really comfortable. And I thought, uh, when I was listening to those um, self-help books, it was like Andy Grace's. And it would be, yeah, like you say, when you're a teenager, you don't actually like the taste. <laughs> and um, you're, you're just trying to... Tr- just trying to drink because other people do it. And it's just, it doesn't make sense at all. No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So did it feel for you, because, you know, plenty of people understandably enter um, their life without alcohol under a bit of a cloud and and they're feeling, they're in that energy of that they're really losing something and that they're really missing out. And, and, you know, sometimes that can take months for that to unravel. And it can also be a reason why people step back onto the Ferris wheel because they can't cope with the fact that they're feeling like they're losing so much. You know, did you have any of that or was that kind of minimized because of your slow uptake of getting into drinking you fell into that pattern I appreciate and you know a lot in you know 20s and um you know probably some of you know some of your 30s but yeah did ha, what what was it like when you got into that beginning part did did you know alongside the relief did it feel like you were just looking forward to it like you were going to gain all this stuff or was it that you were just like oh god I've, I really feel like I'm saying goodbye to an old friend and I'm losing something it, it was a little bit because there was a few friends that we, we used to drink with. Um, but I think the transition of having a kid um, completely changed that whole element anyway because we weren't – we'd go out together. Um, so my wife wasn't drinking. We weren't then going to the pub. We weren't then, you know, doing that whole scene. Um, there'd be quite a lot of – we're in a village um, environment and the village – life was quite nice and it would go around to the pub and you'd meet everyone on a Friday and you'd have a good drink and uh, but we didn't really have that perhaps because of the, the change of, of having a new kid um, but perhaps my mindset had changed a little bit anyway and I was sort of going off the fact that I didn't really want it in my life anyway um, but there is points I do, I do think I'm a bit sad that I've lost those people and not really kept in touch with them um, but looking back was it just the the alcohol and, and the pub time that we mm. sort of got on anyway? Probably, yeah, yeah it was. Um, we didn't really have that much in common, but it was just, oh, yeah, we can have a few pints together and have a chat. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think that's mm. how how I felt at the time, really. Yeah, yeah. And has it impacted your friendships, your your, your other friendships, that, you know, like the kind of close friends and things? Um. A little bit, I must admit, a little bit. Um, the main reason is because my, my wife still drinks, um, so when, when we're out, it, it feels uncomfortable. Um, I feel like I've, I've seen the light and think that everyone else should see the light. Obviously, that's a, a stupid thing to do because it's not my life. It's not, you know, it's their life. Mm. They've got to do what they've got to do. Um, and they they drink for for certain reasons, but um, yeah, it can it can feel uncomfortable. Um, and 
I've been on a few night outs with a few close friends and I don't know, some, some part of me thinks, oh yeah, I wish I was on the shots and all that sort of stuff. But then I play it forward and I think I don't need that. And next day I'm going to be up early, going to see allotment <laughs> for argument's yeah. sake and feel fine. Um, so I think that just overrides the, um, the sad feelings, I guess, of not drinking with those people. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, this comes up quite a bit in my group, actually, about that whole um, narrative about when you're not drinking anymore and you go out and you you go out with friends to restaurants or bars where, you know, people are drinking. A lot of the time, the, those people feel like they're not fun in that situation. But yeah. I, I also think that those activities aren't fun, <laughs> you know and it's like they were fun when you could stand in a bar and drink for five hours but when you don't drink standing in a bar for five hours is just it's quite painful yeah for me it's just like flipping that flipping that narrative a little bit like I always think two hours tops that's all you need I'm definitely the same we go down to the pub with um with my wife's uh family sometimes and sitting there thinking this just we could have gone about two hours ago <laughs> can we just wrap it up now yeah. um, but they're, they're obviously having a good time and, and don't understand the, the feelings that, that we've got you know that I've yeah. got so yeah. you, you sort of ride with it um, yeah there's some resistance sometimes of, of going and doing that but there's a lot of connection from um, from the in-laws um, and, and associated with the pub so it mm. you know we can't just ignore the fact that we ignore them but we have to obviously do those do those things as a family yeah um which can be quite tricky sometimes but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I understand and so what's been what do you think have, have been the biggest gains for you of not drinking you know you're four and a half years in now yeah what what are, what are the upsides for you I, I didn't realize until perhaps recently it, it's it's the connection of the like-minded people um the, the sleep gains um having so much better sleep so much more patience with with life in general even just driving down the road and someone cuts you up you, you're not screaming at them um yeah. you know the, the, the kids uh, obviously wind you up and push your buttons and you, you you try and keep calm as much as you physically can um i think if i was drinking and tired i'd be mm. completely different yeah. dad you know um fitness losing weight whole a whole gain there um i wasn't overly fat as a person um but i lost a stone from probably over a year perhaps um it was a long period uh it makes me laugh when people say oh yeah i've done i've done a period of um sobriety and i haven't lost anything well how long did you do it for uh, about 10 days or, or a month and you think well okay maybe try a little bit longer. Um, I think it was about a year I realised that I'd lost weight. Um, I think the thing with that um, in particular is you sort of um, distract yourself with other things, um, perhaps biscuits because you're trying things. So um, it took a longer period then to come off of the sugar cravings yeah. and then actually um yeah feel a bit more healthier so it, that for me probably took about a year i guess um 
and there was something else and I can't remember what how, I was going to say. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, how did you, um, and so how did you manage the the sugar cravings? That's another biggie, isn't it? That yeah. um, I, I always feel like um, I am not a guru when it comes to, <laughs> I can help you stop drinking, but I'm not brilliant at solving sugar. <laughs> um, so it comes up a lot. Um, I, I always just let myself have it to be honest. And, but then I, I remembered, um, several months in maybe eight or nine months in, I started to be more mindful and trying to lose a little bit of weight and things like that. Um, but, and then, then for me, I, I went off and then had another baby and now I'm in that sort of zone of like, Oh God, I've got to try and do that again now. And, you know, be, end up <laughs> being, being a bit lazy with it. But what was your um, strategy with helping you to reduce sugar? What did you do? Um, I think I was mainly, I suppose it was the mindful stuff that you, you, you look at. Um, where can I cut down on certain elements that I was sort of over, overindulging in and really it was snacks throughout the day um which i changed say crisps and chocolate bars to nuts which would probably fill you up a little bit longer and, and actually be a bit more healthier yeah. um then at, then at night we'd sit down and watch tv to relax and we would have a cup of tea biscuits and before you know it you've, you've eaten half a dozen biscuits and <laughs> and that uh, for me then I sort of changed. Um, I think I was listening to some sort of podcast or, or, or whatever it was at the time with about fasting. I don't fast particularly, but it was a period um, from say six o'clock at night after dinner till six in the morning. I didn't have anything, um, no calorie. So it was literally water or like a green tea or something like that. Um, mm to relax instead and then that gives you your body your time to um to, to do what it's got to do basically yeah. you're not you're not filling it with um with empty calories um for longer you know for longer periods i've yeah. never really done a, a full proper fast um and not really been into that mainly because my, my health's been fairly good I suppose and and I'm fairly slimish so <laughs> I'm not really seeing the point of doing that but um, I think that was the main thing really for the sugar cup cravings in the end uh, and then they just diminish a little bit I, I do have the odd chocolate you know as everyone does you sort of limit yourself to a, a little bit but yeah, I think your taste changed as well funny enough I think you, you don't actually crave the sugar in the end and when you do have something um, I quite like dark chocolate, so it's quite bitter anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 There's no real. It's funny as well. An alcoholic, uh, a non-alcoholic um, uh, cider. I can't remember which one it was now, but looked at the side and it was about thirty grams of sugar in it. Couldn't believe oh. it. It was unreal. And you think, yeah. no wonder why people are um, sort of struggling to to lose weight when they go off the booze. Mm. Uh, when they're picking up alternatives like that um it, it, you know it's just great it's crazy it really is yeah yeah there is a there is a bit of that isn't there sometimes some of the non-alcoholic things can be really sugary or some of the mocktails can be quite sweet and quite sugary although i do think and you because we're a similar um amount of time in to this you know to this journey if you like 
Yeah. You've no I've noticed a real change in the in the types of drinks that are available. Like there's definitely so much more there's just more available, there's more kind of focus on the alcohol free yeah. industry. There's just a lot yeah. of things coming out. Because when I when I first gave up, I I did have a an, an alternative sort of substitute to, to have in the evening to look forward to in the early days. And it was just like a Bex Blue or something. It was pretty yeah. dark, to be honest. But that's kind of all that that was all you could buy. You could only yeah. get little four packs of, of, of that in the local shops. Um yeah. but now obviously you can get uh, like well, all like brew dog, just like so many. Yeah, like, there's loads. Yeah, yeah. loads and loads. Oh, had a recent birthday and um, a neighbour brought me a, a six a six pack or a twelve pack, whatever it was, of um of the brew dogs. Yeah. And that was great. There was there was loads there and and I'm probably the same as you. You have one or two, and that's enough because you yeah, don't really like totally. it's, it's all right taste wise, yeah. but yeah, um, you're not doing it to get drunk, are you? So <laughs> no, that's right. It's it's the same as when you go out. Like you can only have one diet coke, really. I, I don't need five. Or yeah. you know, but you just you just can't drink the same amount of soft drinks that you used to drink. You know, oh no, equivalent <laughs> of alcohol drinks. It's just like it just doesn't. Yeah. You don't want it. You get full. <laughs> don't yeah, you? It's crazy. I, I, I really like a, a cider and lime, um, especially sparkling water. It's, it's, it's. Um, I sound crazy even saying that, but um, looking back, sort of five, six, seven years ago, where I, I look at myself now, I'd, I'd be cringing. Um, really, but that. That is a is a is such a nice drink, but I couldn't have eight pints of it. And how did I drink eight pints of of lager or bitter or whatever it was at the time? And it's just it's madness. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Like when you look back, it does feel like you're looking at a different person when you look yeah. back to your old life. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, what would your top three tips be for some people that are listening that are looking to get sober or that are in the early stages perhaps and to sort of keep them on track? What would you, what would you advise? I think definitely have your distraction tools, um, whether it be the, the, the chocolates or whatever it may be, or the, the non-alcoholic, um, alternatives, um, when you've when you've seen your trigger or you you know just be a bit more mindful um you may be stressed one day and think i need a drink or or whatever it may be um have that alternative to go to to um to fall back on because you don't really want to be six months um alcohol free and then and then dip back into it obviously if that does happen and and obviously i had a good period of probably a year or so doing that, mm. um, that actually can be quite quite a good thing to do because it's a learning curve and it's um, yeah. it's an experience as well. Yeah. So if you are really early on in your um, sobriety and and you you do fall off and you have a drink or two, don't worry because we've all been there and done that, and um, that that's definitely a, a, a massive learning curve I've had in the last few months, really talking to people um, in, in the dry app. Um, quite a lot of people have got downhearted and, and um, I suppose really gone back to drinking and you think it's all part of it, really. It, it is, it's a, just a learning curve and, and an experience, really. Um, learn, obviously, 
looking through the audible books that I went through, I stuck my head into loads. Yeah. Um, learn as much as you can, dig deep into those um, podcasts and stuff like that and just submerge yourself in, in that environment if you are that interested. It's, that's that's yeah. the key, I think. And and now for me, being a little bit further on, it's, it's the community. Um, it, perhaps if I had the community earlier on, it might have been a bit easier and I perhaps would have stopped earlier. Mm. Um, but there you go. <laughs> we, we live and learn. Yeah, exactly. And I do think as well, um, it, it's lovely to give back to people. Definitely. It's, it's, yeah. it's really healing you know yeah. just helping somebody or recommending a book or even just giving someone that virtual hug and just saying look don't beat yourself yeah. up just you know yeah. you're here you're trying just get up yeah. and try again you know so yeah. that can be life-changing for someone definitely know? yeah I've, I've noticed that as I say, over the last few months or so perhaps even even a year maybe yeah. um giving back is is definitely now where where I'm at and um I would have never done it a few years ago but um there there was a a community uh the dry up again I keep talking about but there was a boat party in London uh which Matt Matt Pink organized and first of all thought I'm not even going to think about going to it because I'll be going alone but I decided I was going to go and I was going to go and meet these people that I've been chatting to and it it was really really uh really an insight it was really really great um giving back to the people as well um yeah it was it was just it was amazing really yeah and have you have you had any friends or people that you know personally that have said oh mike tell me more about this sober thing like how do you do it has anyone shown any interest out of interest um a little bit, a little bit. Um, people generally say to me, yeah, I know I drink too much and yeah, I could stop and yeah, I will do that. But then they never, I don't know if that's them reaching out. Perhaps I should look into that a bit more, but um, yeah, not 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 massively friends-wise, yeah. work colleagues perhaps, but perhaps more, um, yeah, perhaps more online community perhaps on that side of things. Yeah. 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 I've had a, a one or two people, you know, that have have seen over the years when I say, Oh, I'm two years sober or three years sober and always get lots of kind of love and people say, Oh, I'm well done, it's amazing. I could never do it, you know, or I'd love to do something like that, but I just could never do it, you know, and all that sort of stuff that I was probably saying five years ago. Yeah. Um but exactly, yeah. you know, you never know. Like I do sometimes wonder as I move forward next five, ten years, whether anybody will, you know, be like, oh actually, you know, they get to that point yeah. as they get to that point where they're like, maybe you know in, in friends that sort of hit the 50s or mid 50s and I think oh just I'd like to actually see what it's like to give give this up I might reach out you yeah. never know <laughs> yeah. I'm sure yeah, it will happen so, yeah. yeah I'm sure it will I think like you say that I think there's more more alcohol free options and I think there's going to be more more of a um more of a percentage of people that, that, that do stop yeah whether that be mindful whether it just be um, issues that they've got 
Um, but yeah, I think they'd definitely be a lot more percentage wise um, in the yeah. future. Yeah, there was a statistic that I saw. I can't remember exactly where it was from now. Uh, it might be drink aware or something like that. But that um, apparently, like half the sales now of alcohol sales are actually alcohol free, and the, on the weekends, yeah. like people are choosing alcohol free options, which I thought was, yeah. I mean, that's quite mind boggling, really, because yeah. to think that four or five years ago. You could only get Beck's Blue, and yeah. the culture very much was certainly in this. You know, in the UK, is that you're something wrong with you if you're not drinking? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I've, I've, I was going to yeah. say I've definitely had that. I've, yeah. I've definitely had that, and, yeah. and even now I still get friends going, "Oh, come on, you can you can have a beer." Uh, like, yeah, I, I probably could, but I don't really want to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a great response! I love that. Yeah. You, you, I do think that it does help to kind of laugh these things off a bit and not get kind of too caught up in the anxiety yeah. of those sorts of things. You know, yeah. it, it does serve you well to be a bit blasé and a bit jokey with that sort of thing. I really like yeah. that. You know, yeah, I can have a drink, but I just don't want to. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, so how can we find you Mike and and you know maybe get a message to you someone who's listening might want to message you or follow you yeah no problem what's your what's your uh, so yeah just, mine is just literally Mike Cansdale uh, on um, Instagram um, I did think about changing an account to an alcohol free and I thought no <laughs> I won't um, it, it, I don't want to leave a, live a double life it doesn't make sense so it's just me um, there's not really much of um, alcohol free stuff on there but I do post a few um, stories from now, now and then um, uh, the other one is as I mentioned before the, the dry app I'm on there again Mike Cansdale on there uh, dry with two Y's um, you'll, you'll see that if you search that and what, um, how do you spell? Um, yeah, could you just spell it at Mike? At, at Mike Cansdale, so M I K E uh, Cansdale, C A N S D A L E. Cansdale, Mike Cansdale, perfect, awesome. Um, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for making no the worries. Time today. It's been really lovely to catch up with you, and yeah, well done, massive well done on your journey, and um, yeah hope that you get to well all the years and <laughs> the opportunity as well to help more people because i i really understand that that work is so rewarding and it's really i think that's where i'm at at the moment i'm, I'm yeah. i am actually looking thinking and um, maybe i will step into it but like a coaching role or something yeah, um should. just because there's quite a few few years under my belt so that's um right. got a lot of got a lot of knowledge not a lot not a lot of knowledge Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, it's, I, I had no idea five years ago that I would be here recording this podcast, yeah. <laughs> doing all the things that I'm doing in this space. I mean, it just would, it just never occurred to me that I might go in this direction. So I think the opportunities that open up through something like removing alcohol from your life are, are just are brilliant. And, and, you know, should be grabbed with two hands so i'm sure you'll be great thanks for having me anyway yeah absolute <laughs> pleasure um thank you very much and thank you to everyone else goodbye
you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.